Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. Our heroes have placed Doddle on the throne of Handor. Fuck! Now they're returning to the SS McSquiggly and their adventures continue. How will Quinny plan his revenge on Merle Streep? Will Juniper's scroll give them new information? And will Butthole finally get terrible dragon skin coats he can force everyone to wear? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. After a series of extraordinary adventures with Doddle and all sorts of new friends that you made along the way, you're back aboard the McSquiggly. And it's it's a bit of a different McSquiggly. I think in Star Trek terms, or actually Battlestar is probably a better comparable, near the end of Battlestar Galactica when the ship is like built of other ships and weird Cylon parts and other stuff, that's kind of what the McSquiggly looks like now. The um, TikToks uh, and the Jerry's, they all helped retool the ship a bit. So it no longer looks like an airship of war from a car. Now it kind of has its own unique flavor. It's a little bit more steampunk because fucking sure. Um, <laughs> and a uh, little bit slicker, a little bit more maneuverable. It's also packing some additional weaponry and armor. Ooh. Yeah, none so, of us knew in the past that a Romani witch passed it by and waved a hand and just said, <laughs> dumber. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, big adventure. You guys have actually been off the McSquiggly and kind of out on your own for a while. And this is kind of your first chance to catch your breath in a bit. Um, we've had some reunions. Annan is now back aboard with the crew. Consider this literally, you just step back aboard. Like, this isn't three days later, it's not an hour later. You just say goodbye to Doddle, uh, and the, the ship is taking off. What do you do? Set a course for Merle Streep, right? Drive this ship right up our ass. Let's slow down. We got to figure out some stuff. But I also don't disagree. I'm very sorry. I have to leave because we're smuggling body parts. Uh, and I just, <laughs> I take Annan and whatever body parts were selected to make a new Yevgenovich. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I imagine we'll probably have to construct that maybe in like where Alan's old lab was in the back of the ship. Sure. Yep. If we're going to do like hidden magic shit. So I'll walk Ann in there, uh, and then I'll just, like, tell people along the way because I'm very speedy. I want to promote Ann to be my, like, master of coin in my house because she knows business <laughs> and is smart. Again, you, you can tell that she's still a little cagey after everything that's happened, but there is a sense almost of coming back to an old relationship. As soon as you start kind of spraying the word and describing everything, she pulls out her notebook and starts sketching, like, a new house farch regalia. I feel like it's kind of like being Alfred. Just Batman's like, I'm making an Arctic suit today. And he's like, oh, all right, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get the sewing machine, Master Wayne. Yeah, he's like, cool, I, but also I need a scuba suit. I realized like, oh. I'm also interested to see the change in persona because she never really got to deal with butthole as butthole. Like it was a ton of Forsaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and then true. we met in like a village. And now I'm like, it's interesting because I imagine there's got to be like a different vibe between the two of them where butthole is like weirdly chipper and like 
pleasant and has <laughs> friends and is like, no, no, we got to do the right thing. Yeah. So you can tell that she is trying to find her footing on this. But also there seems to be a hint of excitement and enthusiasm, largely because your quest is driving her towards somehow helping Yevgenovich as opposed to working for the Planteers, which was a job and it was it was closer to back when she worked at the Oasis. But there's no hope at the end of it. And she's got her baby like strapped to her kind of at all times. Yeah. So like, well, I'll give her that zone and sort of like walk her through it and then just be like, cool. So. I want to make you master of coin, but not because like I think you need a job, but more so because we're all terrible at this. And I feel like you'll be very mad if one of us botches it. Yep, that is correct. That is 100% correct. Cool. So I, we'll just give you like 100% control of finances. <laughs> you just do that. That sounds fantastic. First and foremost, we're not writing any more books. We're not paying for any more ghostwriters. We're not promoting things anymore. We're only going with the maximum profit producing objects, really investing in businesses that will actually make us money. How do you feel about investing and starting a religion? Well, as the great stage magician Elron Hubbard once said, best way to make a bunch of money is to start your own religion. Are you starting a religion? I thought I thought you were done with that. Are you back on that? I, I, I Honestly, I have a very difficult time keeping track of your stuff. I just know you're smelly and angry most of the time. Yeah, so my powers were gone because I thought there were no gods, but I made a wish that made my goddess become a person which is kind of what like fucked me over real good so she's back she's running hell i've got my powers back she totally deserves a church she rules so i've like written a bible we've already got some people we gotta like codify some of the rules so people stop becoming murderous tyrants yeah that's not great yeah so like i think we could spread that church and if you know how to make a church that also makes money thumbs up I can learn. And she starts sketching out some ideas. I think we're going to say that Alan's lab will sort of be your base of operations for the, sort of the dum-dum crew. Okay. So she kind of like makes herself at home. I'm going to think of this in kind of like a Dragon Age Inquisition sort of way where you can just sort of summon all of your allies around a table and they'll <laughs> all walk in dramatically and give okay. you updates. Alan's lab was badly damaged in the attack. So think of it as a bit more of a sterile lab now. It's less arcane and wizardy. And more kind of medical and mechanical. So kind of like Victorian era surgery, like yes, the doctor's yeah, like an operating see? theater. Yeah, cool. Mm. Quinny um, uh, overhears the conversation of handing over Master of Coin to Annan, and he does have a revenue stream that he would like to talk to her about without butthole present. It is it is something that he's actually been doing for a little while now. He hasn't collected any of the money from it, but it is a little thing he kind of put out there to generate some income for the team without butthole's permission. <laughs> That's fine. I definitely would, after that, go to see Leanne. I want my coats. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, cool. Walk out of room. So Quinny does hang in the doorway, let butthole go past and kind of like just slip in and say, so I hear you're the master of coin. Um, uh, yeah. well, what happened to your eye? Oh, I traded it to the witch Baba Yaga for demon powers so I can kill my former patron. Anyway, um, <laughs> I've had a little side hustle going on. Go on. Butthole doesn't know about this. Even better. And I haven't actually collected any of the coin yet, so I assume Not it's great. built up to... I, I think... I've built up a nice little nest egg for us that I just haven't been able to cash in on yet. Mm. I have instructed the folks through a series of letters in uh, Vandalin to put water in jars, seal it, 
and label it Forsaken Bathwater. And I've just been selling for we've been selling Forsaken Bathwater to people. That's good. Yeah, it's That's really very good. good. Yeah, yeah. We put on the like the disclaimer, like don't drink the bathwater or anything like that. It's not he didn't actually bathe in it, but yeah, I feel no, like fuck no, it, right? I mean, yeah, fuck it. But, I mean, it's a jar of water. Who, yeah. who cares? I remember we actually did try we tried to sell fart jars at one point, but the jars just couldn't hold the stench. So people did also he insisted on farting in each jar individually, which and really see, and that's the thing. No, it's like exactly. I didn't want it. I haven't seen him take a bath once. So it's like it's <laughs> If you include him into the process, it's a dead industry. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, great. Well, where are these being sold? Out of, out of Fandolin. Okay, so you should the, be you should the, be able to swing by shop. there. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Should okay, be able to. Excellent. I mean, it had to be rebuilt after it was taken over, but it's ours again. Yeah, it's a, it's a free town again. Yeah, um, so okay. should be a little bit of gold there. Well, we will need it if he's serious about trying to seize the throne of a car back from his. And, and I'm sorry, am I getting this correct? From his evil mother? He doesn't think she's evil anymore because he just thought too much about it um, <laughs> and just convinced himself that she could be good. Um, okay, okay, but from a non-insane person, evil mother? As far as I can tell, fuck yeah, yeah man. Okay, great. Then we're going to need all the money we can get. Excellent. Uh, thank you, Quinny. That's very good. No if problem. You, I leave it in your capable hands. Well, thank you. If uh, if I can help you with anything, let me or little Cubert here know and we'll do our best to help. That's it. That's Cubert? Yes, his, his name is Cubert for, for my father. Uh, what does Cubert look like? He is a... Very, very small baby because they're both very, very small. And he is mostly blue, mm. but he's got kind of a, a nice big patch of flesh, sort of same golden skin tone as Annan, uh, oh. just over his right eye. Cutie. Oh, listen to him go. All right, that's enough. <laughs> when he leaves, because he's like, I can't do anything with this baby. <laughs> Yeah, all right, hi. And, and just like leaves. <laughs> um, and she says, okay. And rather than doing like a wave goodbye, Cubert, she's kind of like, okay, Cubert, let's talk about financing. <laughs> Juniper, what are you doing back aboard the, um, the McSquiggly 2? Now, I know I got a book on the Great Clyde. I don't know if I had a chance to read that. You didn't. Did you I? just kind of grabbed it and, and ran. There, there were some other concerns afoot. Yeah, but that's kind of my primary interest right now, is if there's any other info I can get. I'm preparing for this thing. Can I want it. You roll me a history check? Yes, I can. 13. Okay, so you begin to read the book, and it seems to be a well-thought-out, if hypothetical, treatise on the Great Collide. Given that the Great Collide has not occurred in memory as far as you know, mm -hmm. it would be impossible to write about the event accurately, but it does seem to be a pretty good, this is what we assume might happen. Mm. From a 13, you can assume as Juniper that this is a pretty well-thought-out idea of it, if not an entirely accurate one. So it's not like, okay. close the seven seals and the, the gate will shut. It's, mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. almost biblical in terms of this thing will happen. And what it describes are tears. So mm. it kind of hypothesizes that there's almost a membrane between worlds. Okay. And as long as the membrane remains unpierced, then everything kind of balances correctly. However, if something pierces that barrier, it begins to tear. And mm. similar to tears in, a let's say, a hot air balloon or something else, once there's one, more will spread. Okay. Uh, it also posits that there may only be one world, but there may also be many worlds. 
And if indeed the membrane were pierced, that might mean only two worlds collide, or it might mean that all of the membranes begin to tear. Oh, shit. It talks about how very dangerous this sort of interdimensional transport would be, but also the cycle, mm-hmm. the potential, there's a whole chapter on the, the potential psychological dangers of meeting yourself in another timeline. Yeah. So can I put together with what I know that like these portals that we've seen that those are the tears? We'll count this as the final success you needed to kind of piece together yeah. the thing. Which portals are you referring to specifically? Um, well, there was like the one on top of the tower in... Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. can I, I yeah, can't no, no, remember right. that's, that's great. That's <laughs> there was the know. one that led to and the then, docks. Yes. And then yeah, there was yeah, the one that the hand came through, but I don't think you saw that one. You just heard about yeah, it. Yeah, the, the docks, the docks one is enough, is enough for the, yeah, okay. these purposes. Juniper, based on what you've seen of the technology at work, you think it's safe to assume that these portals are harnessed tears? Mm, okay. And that someone has found a way to travel back and forth through tears very easily. Mm. Um, however, what's interesting is this book suggests that the tears are a naturally occurring phenomenon. Okay. So what you might be seeing is someone deliberately doing it, but the odds of there being more are very high. Gotcha. Finally, it suggests that if these membranes do in fact exist, something must have created them, and each world must have something on it that maintains them or or helps control them. So it posits that one of the only ways to perhaps stop this would be to figure out what on each of these worlds might mm. be able to restore the tears. However, it's super vague. It's, again, as yeah. vague as reading a mythological okay. text. However, a lot of this clicks with the legends your people would tell. Um, mm. And with sort of what you've been piecing together from your scroll... And part of the reason that you became a warrior in the first place and part of the reason that your people encourage that sort of lifestyle is because unsurmountable tasks can only be met by someone who's trained their whole life to do it. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, the task ahead is daunting, also still tremendously vague. Yep. However, you now have a clear idea that the Great Collide is real and is likely in progress. Okay. Is there anything else you want to check for in the book? Are there any people mentioned? Like, not necessarily directly by name, but any type of figures, whether Um, they're talking about, like, God involvement or any other? That's a very good question. Roll me a history or basically any kind of knowledge-based skill you want to use for that. Oh, I'll do insight. (laughs) Seven. (laughs) It's very, very vague in terms of no names, obviously. But. However, it does suggest that if, tears in the universe has occurred, there might be a cross current of deities where one could get sucked into another realm, Mm. one could walk into another realm. However, the writers of the book posit that the pantheon of gods must be the same everywhere. They also posit that there's likely only one hell connecting all these worlds. Those are their two Ah. propositions. Okay, that's very interesting. And you would know from just the history of this world that there are several planes of hell in the sort Mm -hmm. of uh, hell dimension. So these guys visited one Mm -hmm. um, that Moonhammer reigns over, but there are others. Okay. You going to go back to hell anytime soon? Get killed and find out. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to my first advertisement. That's right. It's the great wizard Bukake here to talk to you about the Patreon of Dum Dums and Dice. 
It's an amazing opportunity for you to contribute to a show you enjoy and appreciate even more shows they're making elsewhere, too. For $1, you get access to the fan-only Discord and a pre-session video and post-session DM chat for each arc of Dum Dums and Dragons, including all the historical ones. At $5, you get a weekly table-side chat, plus an ad-free feed where you don't have to hear any of us talking to you about Patreon or any other products that pop up. At $15 a month, you can name NPCs and submit names for places and things that have to get used in the show and mess with Tom. And at $25, you can create your own NPC that'll interact with our heroes and get a special thank you at the end of every episode. Just go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Join today! Cool. Okay, so, Butthole, you've gone back to visit Leanne. Yeah, I gotta find out about the coats that she was working on. Also, I wanna make sure she's okay, because she was murdered. So, you walk in, and she actually looks pretty bad. A lot worse for the wear. You healed her, but you can tell that the trauma of being murdered and coming back to life really had a profound effect on her. Her long white hair is kind of bedraggled. It's not cleanly put back. That said, she still greets you very warmly, but you can just kind of tell she's Yeah, after I kick in the door and she pretends to shoot me, then we're, you know. Yeah, it's a little more half-hearted than usual. Still with warmth, but just very kind of almost tired. You know, it's kind of, oh, yeah, no, no, pew, pew. Uh, Anyway, hello, hello. It's it's good to see you. Uh, Welcome back. I have something I think you are going to absolutely love, and it's not a box of gargoyles. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you're not doing great. I feel like I understand why you might be doing like less well than you were previously. I'm a little offset just because the last time you seemed to not be doing well, you were a, a spooky candle monster. I assume I'm not a spooky candle monster, but if I were a spooky candle monster, I'd probably also say I'm not a spooky candle monster. Did the spooky candle monster say it wasn't a monster? No, actually, it didn't. So I feel way better. Oh, okay. Well, that's great. Also, could a spooky candle monster sew these? <laughs> And she pulls back a velvet curtain that she's found that's like super tattered and was probably part of a sale at some point. And behind it are three mannequins with exquisite ethylid dragon skin slash squid rubber garbage uh, jackets. <laughs> that description <laughs> just kept going downhill. <laughs> I think I think it's they they they're like they look dragon skinny up top and through the sleeves, and then it just shifts to creepy ass skin yeah. as it goes to yeah, the floor. I think yeah, around the shoulders it's very uh, draconic, and then kind of the further down it goes, it gets into that weird rubbery wetsuit material. <laughs> It comes with little footies that are just tentacles. <laughs> you just slide your legs into big tentacles. They're good, well, they're like those no-slip socks. You, know? <laughs> right. yeah. you can walk on walls with that shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm picturing them looking vaguely like the coat you wear in Dragon Age Inquisition when you become the Inquisitor. Like, they're buttoned yeah. up. They're, like, classy looking and mm. shit. I love them. I love them so much. I'm just saying that out loud. I love them. <laughs> I love them so much. Uh, and I go and I look and somehow she did all the designs that I'd like thought of in my head. So there's like gold inlaid symbol of the house farch that we invented on like the breast. And there's another bigger one on the back of the coats. They look dope. Uh, and then I was hoping. So I like opened them up and I see there's like one that's clearly for a child. That's how she managed to make the skin work because it's Quinny size. But inside it's got all these little loops and harnesses that'll hold all his shit. So I know he, he'll wear it. Because <laughs> for him, it has to be so useful. He can't not no matter how much he hates it. And she says, of course, I, I wouldn't want to leave anyone out. And she opens a chest and 
she's made with the sort of scrap fabric. Uh, she's made an adorable little neckerchief for Goblin Jr. She doesn't want to fuck with that spider armor in honor of our boy Jakob. But she thought he looked real good in a little jaunty handkerchief made of weird blubber skin. And I like point at it and I'm so excited. And I look to the door and of course he's right there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, these are so good. Oh, I made Anne and Master of Coin. So don't tell her, but here's a tip. Uh, and I give her a thousand gold pieces. Yeah, out she, of my pouch. she smiles and thanks you for that. And uh, she says, you know, I feel like Gannon's been through some stuff, too. Maybe maybe I'll go have tea or coffee or whiskey with her and, and, and talk through some of this. <laughs> That'd be a great thing. Also, she's going to need help with sewing hands because we got to put some corpses together. Oh, boy. No, no, but it's good because it's like it's for the like father of her child who died. And we're going to bring him back from hell where he's being forced to work for a villain. Does, this is- does anyone stay alive anymore, Robert? I mean, me <laughs> and you. Mm-hmm. And Juniper. Well, I, know, I died. Most of the people here died. We're all actually having a, a lot of difficulty with the ramifications of having died and been brought back. Let's sit down for a second. Uh, and I just like, <laughs> I, I, I like give her the comfortable chair and I sit on probably like a box opposite. I doubt this is like a really great sitting room. But I'm like, what's troubling you? This is one of the rare instances now that I'm like back being a cleric. Let's do some cleric work. All right. Well, it would seem to me that life has a beginning and an end and we spend our entire life shuffling towards that end. And there's a sadness to that, but there's also a comfort that we have a beginning and an end and that's our life. That's our existence. That everything we do between those two points is all that matters. And at the end of the final day, We've done everything we can, and we can rest. And then I discovered that there was a waiting room, and there seemed to be a a trainee. It seemed to be his first day. He was very, very flustered. And I, I suddenly realized that if there's a waiting room, there's something past that waiting room. If there's something past that waiting room, then that isn't really your final day or the final step. It's just the beginning of a potentially endless series of steps, and there is no final destination. There is no rest. There's only more work in a worse place. And then I came back and everyone had seen something. Some people had seen what I saw. Some saw fire and torment. Some claimed they saw giant machines racing across a battlefield. There were so many different visions of what lies beyond. And I guess I was just kind of looking forward to being able to rest. But now I'm back and I think I'll just have to kind of keep trudging forward forever. And I think for a moment, because Butthole is a thinker and he hasn't had to do a lot of... (laughs) I mean, because he has to be. He's, he's not smart, so he has to be a thinker. Uh, and I just kind of put the pieces together. Hmm. Rest is something that we all want. I love a good rest. And I think one of the challenges that it sounds like you're having is you were looking for the end of the journey, but there is no end to the journey. A, I think we should take you off of a whole lot of duties because I think we can find more rest for you here. You're like, you don't need to be the quartermaster if you don't, like, you don't have to work this much. Well, I enjoy working for you. It's just, it's hard keeping the crew in weapons and keeping the whole ship running. Admittedly, this isn't our ship. Like, it's a, it, uh, what's the name of the guild that we work with? Uh, it's, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I the do. Th- the Thieves Guild, Yeah. So, I mean, the other option would be if this ship is too much and you want to get out of here, come work for House Farge, and then the guild will replace the ship quartermaster. You can just be a part of House Farge. That sounds perfect. Then she kind of smiles and goes, oh, I guess I'll have to make myself a coat. Oh, that would be so cool. But, I mean, the bigger question that you're asking, I think one of those things is you got to remember that if it's about the journey, then the journey shouldn't be work the whole time. And actually, that waiting room, you're looking at more work after that. But that actually means you got into the part of hell where Moonhammer is. There's a waiting room. They sort out where you're going. But they also have, like, carnivals 
and like fun stuff because it's Moonhammer and you drop my name at that door and it's going to matter because I put her in charge of that part of hell with like other friends. So as long as you live like the life you're living, clearly you're doing something right. You went to the cool hell. Yeah, the cool hell. I like that. And then I give her one of my new, because I mean, I'm also sort of an idiot. So the idea of Butthole writing a Bible is like not going to (laughs) happen. But Butthole has written 10 moon mandments that he hands out on. Not commoonments. Nope, they're moon mandments. That's smarter, but he's not smarter. So (laughs) 10 moon mandments. And he gives a copy to Leanne. And those are the things he's going to produce. So I'm sure he'll ask about the printing press later. (laughs) But now they're handwritten. So on one side, there are the 10 moon mandments. uh, And if she flips it over, there are 10 more for clerics. That's the whole religion. (laughs) It's just, it's 20 things. I have them. We could bring them up now or save them for later. It doesn't matter. Why don't you give me three? All right, I'll give we'll you just this. keep rolling more. Each time you give someone one of these, we'll, we'll get a few Here, more. Here, do you know what? I'll just read the, the opening section. Okay, great. And then we can yep. get to the Moon Manments later. Uh, so right at the top, it just says, Hello, you found the Bible of Moonhammer. She's the goddess of strength, joy, and flatulence. The last one is made up of the first two. She's a goddess for generous, cool people who rules over one of the circles of hell. She's not perfect, so her followers aren't either. We just try our best. So if you need a goddess, check out the next page. But if you're perfect, you probably have your own god or whatever, so you just keep doing that. (laughs) Butthole, head priest of Moonhammer. Great. Yeah, the plan is to mass produce these and then put them in the drawers beside beds in the hotels, motels, and taverns. And taverns, yeah. Okay, great. Um, (laughs) The first first Moon Manment is be a good person and do good things. You know what good is. Don't be a dick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Excellent. Uh, but I'm going to give you one point of inspiration for helping solve Leanne's existential crisis. Cool. I also want to ask Leanne before I go. I feel like this is pretty close to the end, but it's worth asking. Leanne, if a bunch of the other crew members sort of feel like you do, it is a complicated time right now with like wars and a bunch of scary stuff. Do you think I should do like services on the ship? Uh, honestly, I think that would be helpful. I know there have been therapy offers in in past, and those have been very helpful. And I think it could only be further helped by giving those who are looking for, particularly in light of having seen hell, a more spiritual lit as well as a psychological bent, I think would actually be a a fairly good thing for these folks. All right. Well, if you want to fish around and find out when it'd be the best time for everybody to be available, I'll go think of a sermon. Okay. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, And then I just like... Pick up the mannequins because I'm excited <laughs> and walk out with the them. Off, no, just, just full mannequin. <laughs> Goblin Jr. just drags the box with the kerchief <laughs> in it. Smash cut back to Quinny. Was there anything else you wanted to do aboard the ship? There are a couple different sources for this, but Quinny has revenge on his mind. There's a couple of people who have wronged him up to this point. And the reason we had to rebuild this airship is because of Merle Street. She out and out sent someone to attack members of the Thieves Guild. I can't even understand what her ultimate goal is here. She hurt us, but I don't know why. I don't know why she chose to hurt us in this way. It seems to actively hurt her. Quinny's thinking about that. Do we have anyone left from the Thieves Guild on the ship who, like, survived? I know Bryn was off the ship, right? Bryn was off the ship. Uh, basically, everyone who's crewing the ship, though, are, are Thieves Guild Okay, he'd types. definitely be, like, chatting with them and talking about and, and saying what he heard is this creature that assumed Leanne's, assumed her identity was sent here by Merle Street. They took our vault. Can you roll me an investigation check, please? I will give you advantage because you're talking to friendly people who legitimately want to help. 22. 22, shit, okay. So I think the way this works is you're going around and there's two kind of main lines of inquiry. One is, does anyone know what happened to Merle Street after the yes. Fifi's yeah. now Quinny's? 
And two, what did people see? Because the interesting thing is, even though you made your way through the whole ship, you didn't see everything and you didn't have eyes That's everywhere. True. So you're kind of That's getting the perspective from, from some people who were there. For the first part, you learn that Moral took losing the thiefy pretty hard. She'd won for years. And as you'll remember, she had a huge rivalry going with Bryn. And the sort of general vibe is that it was a pretty personal feud, but one that she was so good at winning that the thought of losing it had never occurred to her. To the point that showing up the daughter of the head of the Thieves Guild seemed to almost be a personal pleasure for Merle. It seems, though, that after the Thiefy, she ran a couple of jobs, but they weren't tremendously successful, almost as though she'd kind of lost her groove. Eventually, after kind of one or two of these sort of half-assed jobs, she just disappeared. People were talking about maybe she didn't have it anymore, that... You know, she didn't have the skills that maybe the others had been flukes. Maybe she'd been rigging the deck in some way, shape, or form. But uh, ultimately, the legend kind of disappeared. And even though people aboard the ship kind of going from port to port heard rumors of her in various places, no one really knows where she went. But it seems that wherever she was going, there was some sense of purpose in it. So that's what you get from the history of moral from these folks on the ship. In terms of the attack itself, you find a couple guards who were working near the vault, not on the vault itself, but uh, maybe guarding the armory nearby. They say that both of them were killed by a woman decked out in sort of almost ninja gear, so all black, tight-fitting, basically rushed by and knifed both of them and seemed to be moving with tremendous speed towards the vault. And one of them, as a guest, he's met Merle a couple of times, uh, looked to be her size. A ninja. <laughs> Yay! Mm-hmm. So he's pretty convinced that that was in fact her, mm-hmm. but she was moving far faster than a half-orc should be able to. And we completely missed that. Once you have that information, you start to check with other people, and a few of them saw someone giving orders who matches that description. The damage that the TikToks and Jerry's, I think you would probably have asked them to kind of keep an eye out for the damage and they they assess what happened. Mm -hmm. It seems as though a number of explosives were placed around the vault. So rather than cracking the vault, they were just stealing the vault itself. Right. Not not trying to get inside in the moment, but just take the vault away. Yep. Uh, And then crack it later. Someone describes having seen a woman matching that description giving orders to place the charges, which tracks with the times that you felt the ship kind of shudder. Okay. During the attack. And one person who survived all of it, she was manning a crossbow and saw it kind of out the window. When the final explosion happened, she actually saw this woman dressed in black crouching on top of the vault as it was flown away by the gargoyles. So fucking cool. Quinny begrudgingly says through gnashed teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask some questions? Sure. Kind of just like questions being asked by me throughout my little yeah. investigation um, on the ship here. Give me another roll, because I'll say that first roll was for what you've got. What you've given me, yeah. And then we'll see how many questions you get to ask. All right. What, what are you looking for here? Some investigation, uh, investigation as well, yep. Total of 11. I will give you one question. I think it's got to be, do we have a manifest? Do we have a list of the contents of the vault? Because what could be so special that she wants to rob from us, knowing full well that we're going to get her back? Like it was announced, like this happened because Merle Streep orchestrated it. That was broadcast to us by someone as they left with our vault. So they know we're going to try and get them back. So what's the point? It must be something in the vault. I'm going to say that there is a manifest, but it's not kept on the ship. 
So in sort of classic thiefy, thiefy, sneaky, sneaky, sure, yeah. back at the sort of central headquarters of the guild, there is likely in Riker's office or possibly like Bryn obviously has a, has a home there too. We'll say that there is a kind of almost a long scroll kind of thing where you mark down what's going into the vault mm. onto a piece of paper that's enchanted. The ink immediately disappears and it reappears on the linked page. Similar to what you guys did with the, uh, the contract demonic contract. contract. Yeah. yeah. So well, that's kind of interesting as well. Yeah, similar <laughs> There's similarity there. Similar philosophy. So there is a manifest, but it's back in Neverwinter. Okay. Guild so, HQ has a manifest and it's in Neverwinter which is ravaged by war and is only just now recovering. It's stable now. It's we stable stabilized now. it yeah. with but I mean, who knows what happened to that list? Did the Thieves Guild base take a ton of damage? We didn't really look into that. You know okay. that there are Thieves Guild operations. You know that Bryn worked out of Neverwinter, but you know the home of the Thieves Guild itself is... Because, I mean, they work... Bryn and, and Riker have their own sort of Thieves sect. Mm. He just happens to run the Guild. Right. The Guild itself has a base in Baldur's Gate. Okay. However, Bryn's sort of HQ is in Neverwinter. Is the list in the Neverwinter HQ or Baldur's Gate? Or I don't know. You don't know. Okay. Odds are it might be in both. Uh, that's my one. Cool. Thank you. Juniper, was there anything else you wanted to do? There's just actually one more question I had because I've been thinking more about what I saw in Xanthus's writings. Mm-hmm. And I know he did talk about a singularity powering the portals or the tears. So is there anything that I that relates to that that I can kind of connect the dots on what I'll say that you actually don't find anything of that sort. Okay. To a point that you get the sense that maybe the singularity refers to something else entirely. Okay. That's it. I'm just chilling out and ruminating. Gotcha. Ryan, is there anything else that Butthole would be doing? Well, I imagine I would want to go back to the home base in Dragon Age Inquisition and summon everyone to the table, at least the core players, because I think, <laughs> A, I got to get like Quinny and Juniper and I like put Goblin Jr. Yeah. like a little neckerchief on. You need mm-hmm. to build relationship points with us so you can fuck us. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so I, I like... I, I like call everybody together and I'm like, we've got coats. Uh, and I like, I like show the mannequins and like, they're all actually like kind of crookedly set up. Cause I lean them against the wall, not understanding the mannequins will stand on their own. Uh, and I'm like, these fit everybody. They're so comfortable. Leanne made them. They look so cool. Also, they have some stuff in them that you will like so much, you'll never want to not wear those coats. And then I put the mannequin next to Juniper for hers, and I put the one next to Quinny. I'm like, hey, try, try, try it on, try it on. It's so good. So I'm looking at this thing, and it sounded like it was, like it's pretty cool, and Leanne does good work. Yeah. Um, so it probably looks like really cool, and Quinny doesn't, doesn't have a problem with how it looks. But gameplay-wise, is this going to replace his armor? Is it going to be worn over his it's, armor? The idea is that it goes over the armor. Goes so you're still protected. Okay. It's just it's an extra layer. Yeah. Okay. I think what it'll have to be is, and it's a little bit much, it's going to have to go over the armor and then Cloak will have to go over the coat. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. So it's an overcloak now. Yeah. And, and it's just going to be sweaty all the time. I was going to say, here's take... the joy of Leanne, because when you look at the coat, it actually has a way to hook onto the shoulders so that oh, it can swing sweet. around or be worn like a cape Quinny over the back with that. it back. Oh, Leanne, you're brilliant. Yeah. I will say too. So it is going to take him fifteen minutes to pee, though. (laughs) Going to have to. So these coats, they feel kind of heavy until you put them on, Mm. Um, and there's a bit of weight to them. Again, they almost have a rubber feel. Mm. That said, you're actually surprised by how thin they are. They don't impede your motion at all. And you're actually very surprised when you kind of slip it on that your temperature seems to kind of balance out. Uh, when you're oh, hot, it seems it to it seems to be cool. When you're cool, it, it seems to be hot. And you get the sense that that is part of the nature of the Illithid dragon mm. 
skin. So now all of you will have advantage on uh, survival checks with regards to exposure. Okay. Nice. Quinny, yours has got like a bazillion pockets and hidden things everywhere. So you can like stow all your gear in secret sneaky ways. Cool. Juniper, I don't actually know what you would want in a coat as butthole, but Leanne does. So what features does yours have that that, that you would want? I mean, the perfect coat would be something that would change size with me as I I shifted. Um, Okay, so let's say then that what Leanne has done is basically build in a bunch of clasps and hooks. So it won't auto-change with you, but with a few kind of deft changes, you can kind of roughly change its size. Yes. So it's like collapsible or expandable. Yeah, kind of. Fantastic. And it won't it won't look the same each time. Like it always mm-hmm. is almost an origami thing where it's like you have to fold like both sides up and you clip them to the back and it almost becomes like a tailcoat. But you can determine kind of what each variation looks like on your various personas. Fuck yes. Yeah, mine, uh, it almost looks a little like priest robes. You know where it hangs over the shoulders so that yeah, it's there yeah. and like I can pull it. Your vestments? Yeah, I can pull it shut, but it's it's vestment style coat looking. So Yeah, so like a cross between vestments and Mr. X from Resident Evil 2. Just a big, cool looking <laughs> spooky coat. 100%. Yes. <laughs> a little fedora on top yeah, as well. Yeah, and, and people think yeah, the coat that fedora looks... gets knocked off so early. <laughs> yeah, people think the coat looks gross. Look at my face. <laughs> I don't know where to look. Yeah, I'm a horrifying ruling monster. Excellent. Uh, having distributed the coats, there is a vest for Bucky because she didn't have enough skin. But looking That's around... Such a weird thing to hear. Um, yeah. Bucky doesn't seem to have arrived when you summoned him. Well, that's weird. He might be getting someone who's sick soup, though, or something. I don't know. Uh, Goblin Jr., can you go find Bucky and bring him this vest? Snarf, snarf. And, like, tell him to get here. This is important. Goblin Jr. trots off down the hall, and he's sort of sniffing down the hallway and, and trying to see if he can pick up the scent. And he goes to Bucky's room, and immediately his rankles rise, and he sniffs the air, and you're not with him, but if you were... You'd hear him kind of snarl and then almost whimper. And then he turns around and just like books it at full speed wolf back and runs and he's like, snarf, snarf. And he's just interrupted all of us sharing the things we learned separately, I imagine, unless anybody's keeping secrets about Merle Streep or oh, the Great Collide. No, I'm definitely sharing Great. everything this about is all Merle. Sharing, so we all shared share that. Knowledge. And then I'm like, who's in a well? Just kidding. What's going on? Snarf, snarf. Snarf, snarf. Oh, crap. Okay, we My, all got to go check. Something's going on. Oh, okay. I, I Yeah, you know. Oh, I mean, I just know it's snarf. So I know you speak snarf. Uh, for the purposes of RPA, I was going to be like, let me decipher this. But no, you know. You know what he's saying. Like, yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, this is my first language. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. So, we'll, uh, we'll so he, he leads you down the hall, and you enter Bucky's room, and there is just a blast pattern in the center of the floor. It's odd because it's an explosion, but it looks like an explosion that rose. So it didn't go out. It kind of went up and in. Oh, the kid's chaos magic went off. Yeah, the, the room smells I, gently of brimstone. Um, and he farted. <laughs> or he ripped a nasty one in here. Do you know what? Maybe he's growing up and he just masturbated for the first time. Jesus Christ, I hope not. <laughs> Listen, everybody's got to go through puberty and he's a drag. Yeah, everybody masturbates, Quinny. Don't you masturbate? My room doesn't explode when I masturbate. Well, yeah, it's but you're not a It's an expression of joy. Yeah. You fart and you masturbate. Those snarf, are parts snarf. of things. Ugh. So just, we all mas- just like. Ugh. So we're not judging masturbation. We're just judging destruction of property. No, and for the listeners, it is canon now that Quinny masturbates. <laughs> <laughs> He yeah. didn't say he didn't, right? So we yeah. just, yeah, yeah we got to update the wiki. <laughs> you know what? I think we're getting sidetracked here. Where the fuck is Bucky? So looking around his small cabin, you can see that he still has all of the hand-drawn adventures that he used to have under the battle wagon 
He's managed to you know, save most of those and put them up around his room. He's got some new ones. Like he's drawn Juniper and him, and then he's drawn like the different personas. It's not entirely clear that he knows they're different people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there's like there's one where for some reason Grandpa Warwick and Juniper are there, and he, he <laughs> might hold, just they're holding hands. Yeah, he might just <laughs> think that they're just a bunch of people who are on the team now. Um, and uh, I love all the implications. <laughs> then you find folded up on the bed a note. And on the top of it, it just says Mr. Butthole. So we know who it's for. So I pick it up and then I read the note. Dear Mr. Butthole, Mr. Of Many Faces came to me and told me all about the terrible things that Quinny had been through in his contract and that I can take his place and I want to help the team. I want to help you guys. And this is the best way I can think of helping being so far away from you. I love you, (laughs) Bucky. So I read it. And then I hand it to Quinny, not realizing that I read it aloud. So he does know <laughs> what I've said. But in my head, I'm so horrified that I assume he needs to read it. Yeah, and I, I read it too. Like, I, I can't believe what you just said out loud. So I have to look at it as well. And it would be like that thing of like, you've read the terrible note and you must crush it in your hand to show how determined and enraged you are. But he can't do that. So he doesn't know what to do with the rage. He just starts kind of like shaking. Yeah. Got, and he just, while shaking shakily folds it and tucks it into now one of his many pockets and looks at Butthole and he looks at Juniper and he says, we have to stop him. And I sit down on the bed because I'm also very angry and I say, I don't know if I'll ever be able to masturbate again. With that and a missing companion, you're left to your thoughts, dark and masturbatory as they may be. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at El Hamstring on Twitter, our special guest, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H ZZAR, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Space. Multiverse. Stars. One Stars. One Star Reviews. Join Negative Nancy and Chatbot aboard the Space Windu as they bring you the worst One Star Reviews from all across the universe. I'm supposed to say that we promise to bring you the very best One Star Reviews from all across the multiverse. But you know what? I don't believe it. I don't believe that for one second. I'm rating my driver Marcus one star. Not for his driving ability, but instead for his disloyalty and cowardice. Blackluster Moon Vacations. A can of beans. Abandoned malls. Cat beds that don't come in human sizes. Dragon stuff. Come have a laugh back at the one star reviewers. Listen to the one stars wherever you get your podcasts.